Joining me now in the studio is Ron Green and Rick Yesney and Steve Abel. Now, they all have other jobs. Well, I guess Steve doesn't. He's kind of retired. But um, we're going to talk the fire department today and Western Lane Ambulance District. And welcome. Hey, Thank George. You. Thanks, George. Thank you. Nice Good to, to see here. everybody here. Um, boy, we just got through the New Year's. Um, already January 2nd. I'm worried about where 2020 is coming in here. But <laughs> let's talk about... Um, What's going on in the fire department? Now, Steve, I know you stepped in to kind of internally run things um, for both Western Lane and Sayu So Fire. How did, uh, how did that come about? Tell me a little bit about your background first. Well, um, how it came about is Special Districts Association of Oregon does provide management services to special districts such as Western Lane Ambulance and Sayu Valley Fire. And they were contacted um, looking for an interim chief. I was contacted by SDAO, Special Districts asking if I was interested and submitted a resume, went through the interview process and was selected to lead the organizations for an interim period of time until we can hire a permanent chief. Now, I understand you were retired prior to that point or partially retired? The um, That's correct. I actually retired out of Washington State as fire chief of the city of Mount Vernon. And then uh, my wife and I took a quick vacation. We cruised on our sailboat for three years. And then came back and did some consulting and then started doing some of the interim fire chiefing, started in Arizona and then back up into Oregon, back to Arizona, and now I'm back in Oregon again. So after three years on the seas, you decided you wanted to get your feet wet, huh? Yeah, I miss it. It's a career. It's a calling. And it's a nice way to be able to provide services back to the communities and keeps us busy, lets us see different areas of the state, different areas of the country, which is really nice. What got you into firefighting to begin with? Oh, good grief. That was... I know we got to go back a little ways. Yeah, we're, we're talking over 40 years ago wow. on that. Um, actually, I was in the Coast Guard up in Alaska, and the local fire department had sleepers, a resident program, and that was an opportunity for me to live off the base, and it just gets in your blood. I've been with it ever since. That was back in, I think it was 1973. Wow, that's, uh, that's been a while. So a good tenure in the firefighting business. It has been. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a good career. All right. What are some of the What are some of the highlights? Just a couple quick highlights. What are some things that you might have seen or been involved with that were particularly memorable or, or, or maybe stuck on in your heart there? Mm, I, you know, you, a lot of the calls just get into a blur. I mean, there's a few fires that um, kind of scared me um, being involved in. Uh, most of those up in Alaska. Um, and a few medical calls, but, um, you know, nothing really, really jumps out, um, especially on the positive side of that. Yeah, I, I guess that's a, it's one of those things where you, you get in the middle of it, you just got to do the job. You do. Most of our firefighters, as well as here in Sayusaw Valley and our medics, um, very, very well trained, and you get into a critical situation, uh, people are pretty much go on autopilot. They know what to do, how to do it, and they operate really well as a team to get through whatever that incident is for the homeowner or for the patient. So I know, Ron, an interim period is just that, and there's not really a set beginning. Well, there's a beginning date, but there's not really a set end date. So tell me a little bit about the process now and kind of where we're at. Well, the, the wonderful thing about Steve's background and experience is he has helped uh, districts find permanent chiefs in, in a situation just like ours. So he brings a wealth of knowledge of, of how to do it. And so job one for, for Steve as interim chief is to help create a plan as to how we find the next chief of the fire district and ambulance district because we have the current IGA. 
Uh, so you know, we've laid out a plan, and I say we, I mean Steve. Steve has done a great job uh, of identifying what our steps are. Uh, in fact, this week, uh, the joint boards approved a revised job description that Steve helped craft with the assistance of some legal uh, counsel and uh, special districts. Uh, salary grades, and we're at the start of the first of the year. Uh, we're now going to begin the uh, process of advertising and recruiting. So, Rick, this is a this is a different process, and I would imagine that because of the IGA, uh, it's you definitely need someone with a unique set of talents, and there may not be a whole lot of people to choose from. How do you kind of narrow down? I guess, like Ron said, you know, a new. Um, a new list of, of job requirements or, or job responsibilities in there. So how do you how do you begin finding that right person? Well, I think um, again, Steve brings that wealth of knowledge with him to help us find the right kind of person. Uh, and, he brought, and he brought a process with him that's going to allow us to pick that person with community members involved as mm-hmm. well. But this person will serve as Steve's doing now, both the ambulance district and the fire district. Like you say, you got to have skills and skill sets in both areas. Um, we're lucky to have some good operations chiefs on either side now. So, and I don't. I think Steve would agree. He's not, you're not stepping into a, a situation where you're having to rebuild something, or it's it's That's not correct. Like a, you know, it's it's a, the it, things are working pretty well, and we're going to try and find that person that has both fire and uh, ambulance service background. But there's already a pretty good base on both sides. Is the is the biggest concern here administrative, since it, since there are two entirely different entities that have similar responsibilities, but work you're, together? You're you're correct. Um, just to build upon. Rick had mentioned is we do have really good operations chiefs. We have really good medics, really good firefighters. So the community is being well served by both fire and EMS right now. The biggest task really is the administrative side. And as long as we can keep good operations chiefs, um, it'll help smooth that out for the new person coming in, essentially providing support to those two operations chiefs and working with the boards. Now, have they been able to uh, figure out some of the financial things that, that were going on prior to that? I mean, I know that was it was mainly just a matter of, of knowing what was going on in certain circumstances. Has that been all been worked out now? Yeah, we believe that it is. It was really just an accuracy issue with the internal accounting. Uh, and so we did have a staff change over middle of last fiscal year uh, to help with that process. So that, that itself has been cleaned up. I will say that the budgeting process going into the next fiscal year uh, is going to be quite a bit of work because we really need to work on make sure we have an appropriate capital reserve for capital assets, uh, fire engines, et cetera, as well as an operating reserve. Uh, but at least now we have very accurate internal accounting. Now, let, let's talk a minute for, about Western Lane, Rick. And I know there has been some talk about wanting to maybe either build a new facility or expand the facility. Is that something that's still happening or still you want to happen? Yeah, I think with the the new chief, we definitely need to get in more of that planning mode and uh, on structures moving out down the road. Um, One thing that's been interesting with the IGA I was thinking about was we have combined our administrative staff. We're able to, because that staff is working for both the ambulance and the fire sides, we've been able to put them together and move those people out of the current ambulance facility and remodel that facility to add space that's been needed. Or we would have been, you know, I think we would have been getting too large for that that facility. So we kind of bought some time 
And, and I kind of uh, give some credit to the IGA for doing that because we were able to co-locate people and take administration out of that building pretty much and, and revise it so we could buy some time um, to add some space for our ambulance folks that have to be there. Because the volumes continue to go up too. But we need to plan and find a space. We're going to have to do that. Now, Steve, uh, coming into this, um, are, were you familiar with sort of an, the IGA philosophy, or is it something you kind of had to do a little research on? No, it's uh, fairly familiar with that. Um, prior to coming here, I was up at Pleasant Hill Goshen Fire Districts, and we had put together an intergovernmental agreement, again, sharing staff, um, staff in each other's stations. The only real difference here is the two different disciplines. Um, Pleasant Hill Goshen were both two fire districts. Here you have an ambulance district and a fire district. Um, still working in public safety and working together, but two different models. Have you had to, to deal much with the the addition of, and I'm, I don't know if I get the name right here, but they're using um, a little bit more advanced medical care for some folks. Um, I, help me out here. I know somebody this knows is, what I'm talking about. You're talking about, about the paramedics or critical yes. care paramedics? Yes. That's through um, Western Lane Ambulance, mm-hmm. and they actually are well-known for having pretty much the highest level of care for an ambulance um, association. So on the fire side, we do have our EMTs that also assist. Um, as we sit here right now speaking, we have both the fire department and the ambulance out on a call working together. So we do work very well together to provide the best service we can to the community. Now, Ron, also um, some you know possible changes or things. The firehouse now that's currently near the city hall um, I understand now that they've changed the um, qualifications for a flood district and that, that it's not necessarily in a bad place. Is that something that's going to stay open, or are you still looking maybe to build a joint facility somewhere? Well, certainly at this point, looking to stay open. I think the facilities are always being examined for efficiency and ge- geographical access throughout the community. But at this point, there's no foreseen changes at all. So, right. And, of course, when you have a fire chief in the hall with you, sometimes the exactly. uh, something goes off. Steve, do you need to do I'm going to have move? to listen to this one. Um, okay. Again, we, I think we have three units out, and I'm just waiting for another alert to come over to see exactly what it is. Yeah. And see, that's the – you know, we have a great community here, and – and one of the unfortunate things about our community is we live on a road and a set of roads that a lot of traffic goes down, a lot of people from out of town, in town. So there are a lot of calls. Would you say that the, that the volume of calls due to the the traffic in that is a little bit larger here than in some areas? Well, we are is with the visitors coming into the community, both on the dunes, on the highways, and so forth. But even just in general, our call volumes are going up. I believe fire is up about 30% right now. I know on the EMS side is up, I believe, we're over 3,600 calls yeah, so far. Well, and so. I know Highway 101 between north of town and, say, Waldport, that stretch of road there is very popular for accidents and for, for things like that. And I hear calls all the time going up in that area. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, just this week, we were up assisting Yahats up on, on a call where they needed some extrication to help get a person out of a vehicle. So we work very close with our neighbors, both going north and south on that, as well as going east. So you're correct. We do end up with a lot of motor vehicle accidents on both 101 and 126. So what do you feel has to happen now to feel comfortable about getting that next person in and, and stepping aside? What Obviously, we talked about, you know, we're, we're now out. We're going to start looking. So what do we need to 
Well, we have good qualifications already set on the things on the resume as far as the amount of experience, the education, the certifications the individual needs. One of the big things we're looking for now is making sure we have the right person, the right fit for the community and to work with both districts. So that's the next step that we're working on. Um, The advertising will be open through the 31st of January. We're hoping to do the testing process the 1st of March and then um, hopefully have somebody on board by, by May. How obviously it's important to have a personality in there that works well and gets along well with other folks. How, how can you vet that out in the interview process? Is there a way to know? Um, you do it two different ways. Once we find out what the communication style is, the leadership style that the boards and the, the staff are looking for, we build the different scenarios, the testing scenarios that would help bring those, those, we refer to them as dimensions, out. And then we follow that up through the references and background checks. But that's one of the most important things is to make sure we have the right individual here to serve the community. Yeah, because there's so many different personalities involved. And and I, I know they probably don't like to refer to themselves as that, but we've got a lot of heroes that work in the fire department and the ambulance that do a tough job every day. And there's just a lot of pride that goes along with that too. And they want to maintain that level of service. So they want someone in there too that's going to understand that and work with them on that. You're, you're correct. Not only maintain, but actually improve and move the organizations forward. Um, we're in a transition. We have the IGA. There's challenges ahead as our call volumes continue to increase. Um, we already mentioned some on the facilities that we're going to have to address. So it's going to be the person not, that's not only going to maintain, but actually build upon and take both districts in the direction that we need to meet the levels of service. And, and you're not going to be applying for the job? No, no. <laughs> yeah, darn it. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm retired, and actually I, I can't. Um, I'm retired with, out of Oregon, right. and there's limits on what I can do. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm, I won't even say the joke I made earlier before we went on the air. But All right, so uh, in a nutshell, hopefully by the middle of uh, midseason next year, we'll have somebody in place. That's true. That's That's our hopes. What kind of pool is there out there for guys looking for, or, or ladies too, looking for jobs? It, it actually is a fairly narrow pool. Um, you would think that there'd be a lot of individuals that want to move up into a, a chief position, but there really isn't. And one of the reasons that you already mentioned is those that like to be out on the line, actually delivering the services directly, um, such as the paramedics or fire officers. So we move into more of an administrative position, and not a lot of individuals want to do that. Um, the other is it deals with time off. Um, also, the chief's position deals a lot with the numbers, the budgets, and you're in the political arena. So it does narrow down the pool on there. I'm looking at this community, though, and being a very attractive community. Both organizations, I was already mentioned, very, very healthy organizations. I think it'll be attractive to the individuals. Um, we just got to see who's out there. I feel pretty confident that we'll find the right person. Well, I know, like you said, I, I, I know one of the administrators, and I won't call him out, but, you know, one of the things that he, he loves is being on the calls, you know, and, and, and also now he's administrating too. So it's like, you know, how do you take them out of that call role, you know, and, and get them when they're, when they're very good at what they do and very well needed in that position, yet they do the other job so well too. Yeah, the difference I think here is, is the chief um, isn't totally out of the call mode. Um, one of the requirements is is to be able to manage large-scale fires, large-scale incidents. So the person still has an operational role, but it's not running the everyday calls. Um, we have our very good um, operations chiefs. We have very good officers and supervisors on both the Western Lane Ambulance and the Saisal Valley Fireside. 
So you let them do their jobs, make sure they're well-trained, make sure they have the right equipment. But the chiefs still are going to be responding on the larger scale incidents. Or like as my pager goes off, if it went off again, I'm, I'm on a call. Right. Well, thank you all for being here today. Rick Yesney, Ron Green, and uh, Steve Abel. Appreciate Thanks, it. And, uh, you know, good hunting. Yeah. You know, let's, Indeed. let's find that next person to come on in here and, and lead us into the future. We will. Fantastic. Thanks. Thank, right, you. thank you very thank much. You. All right. Thanks, George. Coming up next on Our Town, we're going to speak with Megan Mesmer from the city. We're going to take a look at some of the things that happened this last year. Take a look at what's coming up next for the city as projects be completed and started as we get into 2019. Next on Our Town.